so I just want to say this morning, again, happy Father's Day to all of our fathers, and we thank God. I, I'm thankful for my father, who was a great minister and man of God, and uh, my, you know, as 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 every son and daughter can testify, is is most likely your first mentor in life and person that uh, taught you a lot of things about how to survive and function. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, when I first went to school, the first thing that happened is I got beat to a pulp on the uh, uh, playground or the way home. And uh, it was my father who said, well, this isn't going to work. Uh, so uh, I think I got put into some kind of judo or something and karate chop and and uh, learned how to defend myself a little bit. Praise God. See, don't mess with me. I have a move or two. <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> thank God sometimes it takes a father to to, to teach you, you know, certain things, amen, especially sons. And uh, he was really my first mentor in ministry, too. You know, I just modeled my ministry after him. And then I'm thankful for my uh, spiritual father, or uh, father in faith would be a better way to put that. But uh, my father in faith was Kenneth Hagin, and he uh, personally spent a lot of time on helping me, trying to help me. Making an attempt to help me, praise the Lord. <laughs> and he would—he had a great sense of humor, Brother Hagen. And he would look at me some days, and he goes, "You know, you can almost pass for human." You know, he'd say something like that, talking some smack. You know, <laughs> praise the Lord. Or I'd get a haircut, and he'd say, "Well, you almost pass for human now." You know. Anyway, yeah. And then he would pinch you, you know. And Scarlet can probably. Attest to that. He would, uh, he, he'd only pinch people that he liked. So I guess he liked me a lot because I got pinched an awful lot. And it, he would find this sensitive skin right here, right under your arm and just pinch the fire out of it until you, until you were black and blue from it. It's probably abuse. We could sue Rama. Uh, just kidding. Hey, man. Anyway, uh, I always enjoy, uh, Father's Day and thinking of, uh, those who many in, in my case are all in heaven, but, uh, thank God for them. Amen. And for the uh, inspiration that they have been. That being said, I'm not preaching the typical Father's Day message. I'm preaching on faith. Praise God. <laughs> um, most Father's Day messages are always beat up the men anyway. You know, it, we, we used to, we, I read a few things about it said, well, Mother's Day is all flowers and beauty and oh, mother, and if I could eat her biscuit again and all that stuff, you know, and, and sing the songs about, you know, if I could hear my mother pray again and all those, and everybody's crying and, you know, whatever, carrying on about mother. And then Father's Day rolls around and the message is usually, you could do better. <laughs> And you should do better. And if you're not doing better, you could have done better. And so all the men leave feeling like, wow, that was just great. You know, I just got beat up, you know. But uh, so I'm not particularly fond of most Father's Day messages because they tend to be tough on the guys. But uh, I'll give you a break this year. How's that? We'll just preach on faith and we'll apply that to everything and we'll be okay. We're good to go. Yeah, praise God. All right. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles to Hebrews 11. 
in uh, verse 1. We're going to, I'm going to do a teaching today that I've entitled Faith 101. And, uh, you know, a mistake we can make in ministry is assuming that everybody's on the same page, right? And everybody knows the same, the same, um, it's at the same level of understanding a lot of things. And that's a mistake because for one thing, even seasoned saints that think they know everything, <laughs> hallelujah, uh, need to be reminded, don't we, of the same truths. Hallelujah. And as long as we live in this life, we need to go over the truth, the facts of the case about our righteousness, our sanctification, what true holiness is, holiness of the heart, amen, uh, what uh, faith is about, what love is about, gifts of the Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, some of these basic truths, the integrity of God's Word, standing on the Word, what does that mean, standing on the Word, you know, it's these things that we need to go over and over and over and uh, as Apostle Paul put it, lest at any time we let them slip. And, uh, you know, boy, it's easy when the heat's on of life, the battle. Anybody here ever had a little heat, <laughs> little battle of life? Or I've said when the two-by-four of life hits you square across the face. <laughs> uh, that's a good time to remember certain things. Amen. So we're going to remember some things about faith this morning, and I don't know if there's going to be any new revelation. You know, all revelation is not necessarily new, uh, but it's it can be refreshing nonetheless. Somebody said, well, you know, we need something entirely different every time. Well, we don't eat like that. You know, how many's ever had a really good steak, big juicy ribeye or something? Uh, if you don't like steak, well, fine, whatever. Your juicy tofu steak, I don't know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. You know, whatever you like to eat, whatever that is, uh, you finish that and, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? A few days later, you're thinking of that and like that, have that again. You don't say, well, I've had this once. That's enough. I need something new and exotic. Well, um, if you're not careful, you're going to get so exotic with your eating, you're, you're going to eat something really weird and squiggly at some point and, uh, and, and be in trouble and wish you'd had a hamburger. So, you know, we sometimes, uh, we sometimes eat, uh, again, just the same thing, same nutritious item over and over. And it'll be our favorite. We'll say, well, this is my favorite thing to order or my favorite thing to eat. And, and because it, it feeds us, amen, and satisfies us and fills us. And that's the way the Word of God is. Glory to God. So I'm all fired up and excited. It's a leg-kicking day, I think. Amen. You know, not everybody doesn't preach the same. I, I, I appreciated the general overseer, Tim Hill, he was just yelling his message, you know. <laughs> they kind of expect that at Church of God uh, camp meeting. You know, if you don't yell, you're not worth your weight in salt. But um, 
you know, he was kind of yelling his message and he and he stopped and he said, I don't know why I'm yelling. I'm just excited. <laughs> I don't mean to be yelling. Well, that's the way I get. I don't mean to be yelling, <laughs> but I get so excited about the things of God, the word of God. I can't help but yell. You know, there's nothing wrong with yelling. Did you know that? I don't know why everybody gets all weird in church about noise because um, you go to a football game. And you got this guy running across the field with a bag of wind, <laughs> a bag of air inflated, you know, uh, uh, it's a pig skin inflated with air. And he's running and everybody's screaming and hollering and throwing popcorn and whatever else, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, paint themselves up with all kinds of stuff and just go bananas, just berserk over a, a bag of wind being run down the field. And uh, we come to church, and it's like, why is he yelling? I don't like that. That offends me. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, if a, if a football game is inspirational and fun and exciting, then the things of God should be way off the charts. Amen. Well, it doesn't mean you have to scream and holler to you know be close to the Lord. But if you know if you do if you do find yourself screaming and hollering a little bit, it's okay. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I'm Pentecostal. I don't apologize for it. <laughs> Amen. And I'm charismatic, kind of. Not totally, but a little bit. And uh, definitely word of faith. Amen. And we love the things of God, don't we? And uh, so we praise, we praise God for all this. I'm gonna. Amen. I got my main cheerleader here today, Jeannie Richards. She'll shout me at, she'll shout me on. Praise the Lord. She does all the shouting for some of the rest of you that sit there. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can tip her after the service. All right. Hebrews 11.1 1 is a great faith scripture. We're talking about faith today. What faith is. What it's not, and uh, try to help 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 all of us. Amen. Those that are watching by TV or whatever you're watching on, or internet, whatever screen, something, video. God bless you. Glad you're joining us. Wish you were here. Amen. Um, we have what I call the Bible definition of faith here uh, from Scripture. And uh, we're going to look and see what Bible faith is all about. Amen. We're not just using the word faith from the English language, but faith from God's viewpoint and uh, what he's saying. And so let's look at that. Now faith, what is faith? We're answering some questions today. What is faith? What is Bible faith? What does it mean to have faith? Well, here's the first thing we got, got to look at in Faith 101 class is what faith is. Now faith is. Well, right there, uh, the is is an important word because it makes it in the current. Amen. Faith is alive and active right now. Amen. And so if your faith is not now, you're not in faith. You're in, you're, you might be in hope. You might be doing something else, but faith always says, faith has a confession too. We're going to see that. Yeah. 
Faith talks. It doesn't just think. Faith says, it's mine, I have it now. Amen. It's mine, I have it now. And so, faith is. So, you could even use the word now if you want. It's a little bit of a stretch of grammar, but it is there. It says, now faith is. He's talking like now, let me explain. But you could just go ahead and use that now if you wanted to, to help remind you of when is faith. When is faith? And it's now. Amen? And so that's why when we talk about something that we're believing God for, something that we're having faith for, we want to put it in the present tense, not in the future. Well, when my healing manifests, or down the road when this thing happens or that thing, well, that's nice. That's possibility thinking. That's uh, in the possible. That makes it, you know, a hoping thing. But hope is an ingredient of faith, but it's not faith. Amen? It's a part of faith, but it, but it's not. It's like saying I've got an egg, which make, means I've got a cake. Well, no, you've got one ingredient, maybe, or you've got some flour or some sugar. It's all part of the cake, but you don't have a cake yet. You have just a piece of it. So hope is important. We're going to talk about that in a second. But hope is important, but it's not the whole thing. Amen? So you can be in hope and not in faith. And, it, you know, it's all right to take some things in your life out of the active faith category and just go ahead and put it into hope. If it's not immediate, if it's not pressing, if it becomes a distraction, just go ahead and put it over here on the hope shelf. And then when you need to believe God for that, you can pull it off and, and add something else to it and have faith. Amen? Praise God. So we have now faith is. So if you're uh, in the future with your confession, with your expectancy, uh, you're not in faith. You're in something else. All right. But so faith is now. Everybody say faith is now. So now faith is the substance. Woo. Praise God. That means it's got it's it's not just out there hoping and a praying in la la land somewhere. People say that. Uh, most of the hoper, hopers and the prayers are doing little hoping and praying, to be honest with you. It's just something to say. It's become an American slogan almost. It doesn't even has used very little to do with God or any kind of real faith. Amen. Well, we're hoping and a praying that the creek don't rise and the whatever doesn't happen. You know, well, you're just talking. But we're, we're not talking about just talking. We're talking about using something that God has given us. You're going to see that in a minute to, to use to bring to tap in to the blessing that he's already provided. So faith is the substance. Hallelujah. That means there's something solid. Amen. There's some there's some weight to this. There's something real here. It's real. Praise God. Faith is real. Of things hoped for. My personal paraphrase is I've stuck in the word once hoped for. Notice hoped is in the past tense. So I could add that without doing violence to scripture to say now faith is the substance of things once hoped for. Because before I got into faith, I was hoping. Amen. Do you know why hope's important? Because hope brings up the possibility of something happening. And uh, without that, you ever met a hopeless person? You ever met somebody that was hopeless? Maybe you at one point, or I was 
hopeless about something. Well, I just don't know if there's any use in trying. I don't know if there's any use in praying or even talking to God about this because it just seems hopeless. It's like nothing we do is going to make a difference. And a, a hopeless condition is is tough. So before you can get into faith, you at least have to have hope. You have to see the possibility of God doing this for you. You have to see the possibility of the Word of God working for you. Amen. And so hope is good. You know, you... you, you you almost got the impression in the early days of the faith movement that uh, hope was a bad thing, you know, because there was so much teaching. Hope got a bad rap is what I'm saying. But without hope, you can't have faith because it's one of the ingredient, main ingredients. Amen. So faith is the substance of things hoped for or once hoped for or previously hoped for because we're no longer hoping. Now we're in faith. We're claiming it. We've received it by faith. We've received it by a spiritual uh, uh, path to receiving from God. The evidence. Woo! I love that. Evidence. The evidence of things not, and I've added the word yet, not yet seen. But just hang around, like Brother Hagin said, hide and watch. Amen. You're going to see it. Well, I don't know if I can believe in anything I don't see. Well, that makes you a brainless wonder. Because uh, that's like saying, well, I've never seen my brain, so I don't think I have one. Well, I'm going to tell you, the day you see your brain is a bad day. Because <laughs> if your brain is outside of your skull where you can see it, I don't think that's a good thing. So we believe in all kinds of stuff we haven't seen. Well, I don't know if I've got a heart. I've never seen it. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a bad day too, the day you see your heart beating somewhere or whatever. Any kind of internal organ hanging out is a problem. Right? So we we study anatomy and we go to school and see these charts and all this stuff and we we kind of have an idea of, you know, if we have a pain or something, well, that's a kidney or that's a whatever. But uh, and we believe that, that those parts are there, but yet we've never seen them. And yet we just take the word of the doctors and the, uh, you know, all, all the people that uh, scientists and those uh, uh, that teach us these things. And we just accept it. Amen. And uh, you. You've never seen the wind. You say, I've seen the wind. No, you've seen the effects of the wind. You can feel the effects of the wind, but you've never seen wind because wind is unseen. You can't see it, but you can sure see the effects of it. And, uh, boy, we saw the effects of wind up in uh, the panhandle after Hurricane Michael blew through. That poor little town of Mexico Beach got blown down. I mean, down on the ground. Uh, it was a pile of rubble. So you saw the effects of wind, and so you, you need to believe in the wind, amen? When the weatherman comes and says, we've got a tropical storm moving through, you need to, you know, put your lawn furniture away and all that kind of thing, you better pay attention to it. Or your chase lounge might be coming through the plate glass at you. See, so you, you, need, to, you need to pay attention to that and believe in that. Amen. There's a lot of natural things that we actually apply a type of Bible faith to and uh, 
never, never think anything about it. It just comes natural. Did you know that it's God's will that Bible faith comes natural to us as well? Hallelujah. Now let's put that verse up there in, uh, the the classic amplified, if we have it. Amen. Uh, I love this. Faith is the assurance. And I love this next uh, part, title deed. How many know a title deed's important? Boy, if you ever tried to change a mailing address or whatever on a title deed, that's a big deal. you got to take in all kinds of proof that you live in the new location and you got to have driver's license. you got to have all kinds of things to change a title deed uh, on, an, just on an automobile. But uh, the title deed's important. Legally, it's important, isn't it? It's important to know where your title deeds are um, uh, and have them in a file or somewhere where you can find them. And so title deeds are important. It, 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 you know what it denotes? Ownership. Amen. And so faith is the title deed or confirmation of things hoped for. Again, past tense, they were hoped for. And divinely, I love that, divinely guaranteed. How many like a guarantee behind that title? That's why we buy title insurance. If you've ever purchased a home or whatever, you know that you have to have title insurance, meaning that the title insurance company is is guaranteeing this this uh, document. Amen. They're guaranteeing the title that it's that it's what it says it is and that you are who you say you are. Amen. Woo! Praise God. You could just shout all week on divinely guaranteed. Because yeah, it's not just guaranteed by the something-something title company, Chicago, Illinois, behind it, uh, uh, assurance underwriters, something. It's guaranteed by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's guaranteed and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise God. I'm about to explode. See, it's a kick, leg kicking deck. Amen. Hope for, divinely guaranteed. And the evidence, the evidence, the evidence. How many know legally? We're, see, see, I love, I love, of course, you know, we don't have 100% assurance that Paul wrote Hebrews, but we believe that he did because it sounds like Paul. <laughs> and so, the best theologians have said, well, it was either Paul or one of Paul's disciples that wrote Hebrews. But anyway, I love the fact that the Apostle Paul spoke and wrote in legal terms so much because it helps us to hang on to it. Amen? So that's a legal term, evidence. How many know that if there's a case in court, the how many know the evidence is important? And if there's no evidence, then you don't have a case. But if you have evidence, you have a case. Amen. We have a case (laughs) that we can defend our position on this case because of evidence named faith. Your faith will see you through, folks. This is not just some little hopey thing, you know, hopey little wishy Mealy mouth thing, you know, or luck, or cross your fingers, or rub your rabbit's foot, or, you know, whatever. Uh, and I'll tell you, some of that stuff is, is 
the beginnings of witchcraft, to be honest with you. You, you need to avoid all that kind of stuff, you know. Hold my breath, cross my fingers. That's all like witchcraft stuff. And eventually it will lead you to something worse. So we need to talk like the Bible talks. We are blessed people of God. And we're not lucky or just even just fortunate, which kind of has its roots in the word fortune. We're not in any of that. We're, we're not members of the Joy Luck Club or whatever. Come on. You follow me? Some of that stuff is, 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 is Eastern and it's not good. So we don't need to talk like that. And some of our talk has come from the world and it's infiltrated us. And we have to try to get that out of our vocabulary. Amen. But we're not lucky people. We're blessed people. It's God, as the Bible says, that makes it rain on the just and the unjust. Amen. Hallelujah. When the, when the sun is shining, it shines on the saints and the sinners. This is a blessing of the Lord. Even sinners that aren't serving God or cursing God are getting blessed by Him, and they don't even want to admit it. Ah! Evidence. Hallelujah. Your faith will see you through. Of things not seen. Well, they're not seen yet, but hide and watch. You will see it. The conviction of their reality. I'm convict, I have a conviction. That means a deep belief that what I'm saying is true. That what God's word is saying is true. That this is so. Well, I just don't see how that's possible. I know you don't. Bless your heart. People that talk like that, that's what they deserve. <laughs> I know you don't. Bless your darling heart and your stupid head. But praise God. Uh, maybe once you figure out that's who you're talking to, you'd be better off not to share your faith with them in that way. You know what I'm saying? Share what you're believing. I tell you, you can't share. Here's a wisdom word from your pastor. You can't share all of your prayer requests and all your dreams with the whole world. Because they'll talk you out of it. They will. The doubters, the doubters and the fear... The fearmonger doubter club will talk you out of it. Well, that, I tried that once. It didn't work for me. Well, bless your heart. I'm sorry, but I'm standing on the word, not your experience. Well, Sister Ledbetter, who loves God better than everybody else, she's led better. Sister Ledbetter, she didn't, she prayed. If she was a saint, my God, she didn't cut her hair since the Titanic went down. What a saint of God. And she, she believed God and didn't get her healing. Where does that leave the rest of us? I don't know. Tangled up in her hairdo, I guess. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. Somebody that got it and somebody that didn't get it. The important thing is Jesus got it. <laughs> he got it for us. I got camp meeting all over me, so sorry. Conviction of their reality. Oh, I'm convict. I am convinced. Convinced. I'm. I am convicted. I, I have a conviction about it. Praise God. Well, you can't see it, and you can't touch it, and you can't smell it, and you can't taste it. Doesn't matter. It's the, the, the. These are in the unseen realms. 
Well, I don't know if I believe in one I can't see. Well, once again, you don't have a brain then. You, you can't get around that. You have to think like that. Faith comprehends as fact what I just said. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Stop looking for the natural confirmation on supernatural things. I said we need to stop looking for natural confirmation on supernatural things. Well, I prayed, and I really had a time with the Lord, and now today I'm worse than I was yesterday. Well, you know, I claimed the money, and now it didn't come, and it was supposed to come, and I don't know what to do. Well, the thing is, you're trying to get a confirmation of your faith from natural, what does it say, physical senses. But this is extra physical. (laughs) Super natural. Extra natural. Amen. Above the natural realm. You can claim by faith what you can't see with your hand. In your hand. Amen. I guess you don't see with your hand, but you know, in your hand. Amen. All right. Praise God. Let's keep reading here. For by it, verse 2, the elders obtained a good report. How many like to have a good report? Well, let's get it by faith. Again, faith is not, what is faith not? It's not luck. It's not wishing. It's not even just hoping. It's, it's claiming what in the spirit realm it already belongs to you. Why does it belong to you? Because it belongs to Jesus. And I'm a joint heir with him. I have, by faith, everything Jesus has. All right. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Praise God. In other words, if because this is in the Bible, because Jesus talked about it, because Paul talked about it, it's something for us today. Amen. And then you have the great hall of faith here, started by faith, able, offered unto God, a more excellent sacrifice, on and on. All these great people that did these mighty exploits by faith. I want you to look at verse 6, however, which is an an important uh, verse. They're all important, but this one has extra importance. Because people say, well, I don't know anything about that faith business. I don't know. Name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. I don't like You know. doesn't matter what that is. It just sounds like that. Cynical. Really. Jaded. And really kind of devilish. If you think about it. When you compare it to what's in the Word of God. Well, I don't know about that faith stuff. That's that Hagen, Copeland, Copeland, Hagen, Copenhagen stuff. Um, well, it's not Copeland, Hagen, and it's not just something that the faith movement thought up. 
is from the Word of God. Uh, the, the Bible is a little older than the faith movement, just saying. Just thought I'd offer that tip. Verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Wow. So we want to have some, don't we? And I'm going to offer to you, you say, well, I know, I know, I, I think I need to get some. I'm going to offer to you uh, the truth that you already have faith. You might not realize it, but you're going to when we're finished today. <laughs> but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want God's reward. So I'm going to diligently seek him. How many is with me? You're going to diligently seek him. You know what diligently seek, seek him means? It doesn't mean living like the devil and once a year coming to revival and repenting and acting better for three weeks. Up and down, all over the place. It means that daily and constantly I'm seeking the Lord. I'm seeking the word. I'm seeking to hear from him. Amen? Not an up and down, all around thing. Praise God. All right, now. Turn now in your Bibles to Romans 12.3. We're going to answer the... So you study that out. You're not going to get that the first sitting, what faith is. And I'm still learning what faith is. How about you? Learning how to operate in faith. So we're going to answer the question, you know, because our first question was, what is Bible faith? The next question I'm going to answer is, how do I start in faith? Where does my original faith come from? And if you look at Romans 12 and verse 3, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according... Now, here's the part that you want to note. As God hath dealt to every man... The measure of faith. So he has given every person the measure of faith. God wouldn't tell us that it's, that it's impossible to please him with something you can't get. That would be unjust and unfair, wouldn't it? He's not unjust. He's not unfair. He's given us the ability to believe. He's given us the ability to trust in something that we don't see. Amen. So that's the answer to that question. Very simple. There it is. God's given you the measure of faith. Say, well, I don't have any faith. Yes, you do. Stop lying. Mainly lying to yourself. You do have faith. So shut up saying that. We don't say, I, I, you know, I've been preaching like this, trying to get something over to people. And I've had folks come up to me. Every, you know, the whole world's offended right now. They just get up breathing and they're offended. Everything you say offends somebody. We don't, we teach our children, we don't say shut up. Well, maybe you should tell them to shut up because how about you just shut up? All right. Well, then you don't get invited back to that church. 
I have a whole list of not invited. Net, then I'm on the never again list. He said, shut up. Well, that was the nice way of what I wanted to say. So, trying to be sanctified. Romans 10, 17. Praise God. Verse uh, says, how, you know, the question is, how do I increase my faith? Now, we're on the third question, right? The first one is, what is faith? The second one is, where does original faith come from? Well, God gives it to you. Accept it and go on. Well, I don't feel it. Where does it say in the Bible, faith is something you feel? <laughs> it's something you have and it's something you do. You don't necessarily feel it. Well, I don't know if I have a brain. I don't feel it. It's like I said, the day you feel your brain, you're in trouble. The day you see your brain, you're in trouble. Romans 10, 17 tells us where faith comes from that we can add to our faith and build it. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing Fox News and CNN. Barbara Walters. And Oprah. No, it comes by hearing the word of God. You're not going to get, I mean, you might get information from the news, but you're not going to get Bible faith from the news. You're going to get Bible faith from hearing the word of God. Amen. Let me tell you, when the attack is on in your home, physical, financial, what, you know, whatever, some legal problem or something, and you're, and you start trying to get in fear, you know, fear tries to come on you. You need to get the Bible out. Now I'm telling you, this is the truth. You need to get the Word of God out, fish it out, in the, out of your trunk from under the golf clubs, in the fishing tackle. <laughs> and, uh, and get it inside your house for once. And uh, start reading it out loud, verses that apply to your case. Like Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. By his stripes we were healed. And start quoting that. Because it says hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Or get a good Bible uh, preaching Sermon, uh, you, my goodness, nobody has an excuse now not to hear the word. It's everywhere. You can get it on YouTube. You can get it on, a, you know, some people have CD sets still and those things. But praise God, you know, you can hear the word of God. There's Christian television. Well, not everything on Christian television is awesome, but some of it is. And so you can find the awesome ones who preach the word, not some whack, whack job, but I mean somebody that preaches the word. And, uh, and, and put that on loud like you do football games and hear the word. Amen. And if you, you can all, and, and even more effective than that is so you get your own Bible out and you take the scriptures that you've been marking because you've been coming to church <laughs> and you listen, amen, to that word of God being spoken by your own mouth into your own spirit, 
and declare it. Say, I'm declaring this is the truth. Don't everybody shout at once. We don't want any pandemonium in here. Stay calm. Presbyterian service starts next. Where we blame everything on God's will. All right. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So we need to, we need to hear the word of God. Amen. And then, uh, just a couple of more verses. Stay right there in Romans 10, because I'm going to ask the next question. So how do I use my faith? How do I get it working for me? Active. How many need, need working faith? Something that's going to make a change and bring a difference and have a testimony at the end of it. Well, here's your, your, your main weapon, your main tool, however you want to put that, main equipment. For getting faith to work is your mouth. And we have it right here in Romans 10. And look at uh, verse 8. The word is nigh thee, even in thy thoughts, brain. Is that what it says? Huh? What does it say? What part? You toenail? What part? Thy mouth. It's in your mouth. The word is nigh thee. It's close to you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. But mouth is first. Well, it don't matter what I say. It's in my heart. The Lord makes it my heart. Would you stop saying little dippy stuff like that that doesn't line up with the word? People do. You know, they'll say all kinds of little stuff. They learn, you know, from I don't know what, some butterfly plaque they found, you know, at the Christian bookstore. And not everything in the Christian bookstore is Christian. Some of it's horrible and bad and it's pretty and, 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 and wrong. Pretty and wrong. Sounds like a movie, doesn't it? Pretty and wrong. But if it doesn't line up with the word and line up with redemption and line up with who and the nature and character of God, then it's not good. The word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. It does matter what you say. Yes, God looks on the heart, but he but he looks at the mouth, too. And in thy, that is the word of faith which we preach. Well, I don't want, I don't, I don't have anything to do with that word of faith thing. Well, then rip that page out. Get an exacto knife and just cut it out. I don't like that. Pretty soon we have Swiss cheese for a Bible. It's the stuff we didn't like, we cut out. Whether you like the word of faith or not, there it is in the Bible, and which we preach. That if thou shalt confess, oh, there's those confession people. Yes, we are the confession people. You can't be saved without confession. That's what this says. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The heart's important, but so is the mouth. You need to hook up your mouth with the word and hook up your heart, and you got a, a three-ply thing there working. 
And you're all you're doing is repeating what God's already said about you. Well, I just don't know. It just gets into lying. You're not, you're living in denial. I don't live in denial. I live in Florida. Denial's in Egypt. So it's denial to just agree with God. You know, even if you, even if you're kind of struggling with the confessing something that you can't see yet and all that, well, just agree with God. Just say, well, God calls me blessed, so I'm blessed. God calls me healed, so I'm healed. God calls me whole, so I'm whole. God calls me rich and and wealthy, the scripture after scripture about it. So I call myself rich and, and wealthy. What does rich mean? It just means a full supply, more than enough. Well, that means different things for different people, and we can't judge one another based on what we think somebody else needs or doesn't need. That's r- ridiculous. But we can say, praise God, God meets all my needs and gives me a full supply. And I've got plenty left over to bless the world with and help others. Preach, pastor. Amen. With the heart man believeth and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. So we have here. One scripture in Romans who talks about confession with the mouth and belief with the heart. Notice it doesn't say a whole lot about the mind. Now, there are scriptures that talk about the mind and our thought life. That That's another sermon. Amen. But today we're talking about confession. <laughs> All right. Turn to Mark eleven twenty three. We'll read that. There they go. They can't help it. Those faith people. They have to quote Mark 11.23. I wish they'd read John 3.16. You know, we, we heard that. And it's like, well, you can't even do John 3.16 without Mark 11.23. <laughs> Amen. Whosoever believeth on him. <laughs> Praise God. Well, we have to not only believe, we have to confess. Mark 11:23 For verily I say unto you answering the question how do I release my faith how do I get it working for me I say unto you that whosoever shall say under this mountain be thou removed be thou cast into the sea shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith amen Notice it says, whosoever and whatsoever. I'm a whosoever, and I'm confessing whatsoever that I need or desire to come to pass in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, how how do you know it's working? Because Jesus is not a liar. And he wouldn't say, do this and it'll work, and I do this and it doesn't work. Let God be true and every man a liar, including myself. I'd rather call myself a liar than to call God a liar. I'd rather say I'm I'm the problem instead of making God the problem. The religious church has made God the problem for 2,000 years since the church started. 
Well, God might be the problem. It's not his will. He's a liar. He says one thing in the word and does another thing behind your back. You just never know about him. He's kind of flaky like that. Maybe a little schizophrenic. But I'm telling you what, we do not have a schizophrenic, bipolar, crazy God. Our father is not nuts. Our father is not in the padded cell biting on the rubber handle. I'm telling you, our God, our father, hallelujah, is is the most loving, giving entity that the world has ever known. And he is not a liar. And my goodness, it's so important to know the integrity of God. God has integrity. God has honor. God doesn't just say, give me honor and I have none. We give him honor because he's honorable. Amen. We give him praise because he's worthy of praise. We give him glory because he has done always everything that he ever said he would do. Praise God. Okay, we're going to leave from here knowing we've been to church, in Jesus' name. And heard the word of God. I, I, I Sometimes I need a slap upside the head. Praise God. And the word of God will do it for you if you let it. Amen. Bring correction. I want to be corrected. The Bible says that um, uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. I'd rather I'd rather be instructed and make a change and and repent and, and get on the right track than to just stay on the wrong one and 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 suffer the consequences. I don't like consequences. <laughs> How about you? You ever had a few consequences from mistakes? Or whatever you wish you hadn't done, some regrets. Anybody? Am I the only one? Everybody else here is great. Well, that's probably true. But nonetheless, I'll tell you, I I just would rather be corrected by the word and be put on the right track and and correct my thinking and correct my mouth and correct my heart and my actions and get the blessing of the Lord rather than just to be hard headed, bullheaded, and stupid. And suffer because of my own stupidity. Amen. I don't want to, I don't like suffering. It's not fun. Some of you said misery loves company. Well, count me out because I don't like misery. I like blessing and joy and peace and victory and favor. Woo! Praise God. The theme of that camp meeting really was favor. They talked about, they said they're going to have Two theme, uh, two words. So the theme was favor and family. How important favor and family is. Amen. And so we speak favor and we speak blessing on families from that. And I, I was so excited to hear that preaching and that teaching uh, from Tim Hill about um, favor. Amen. Favor of the Lord. And uh, I, I want to walk in his favor. Well, it doesn't mean I'm. he's not favoring me if I get out of his will. But it just means it's difficult for the blessing to continue to flow when I'm out here in crazy land. Amen? And it is crazy land. When you know the word and you don't do it, that's just kind of dumb. Just sorry. And uh, But thank God the Bible says <laughs> in Psalm, fools because of their iniquities are afflicted. Fools are. He says, but they 
<laughs> cry to the Lord in the midst of their trouble, and he tells them, no, you're a fool, you're an idiot, I don't want to have anything to do with you. No, he says they cry to the Lord in the midst of their trouble, and he delivers them from their distresses. Amen. I've been the fool before. I've had to cry out, Lord, I've been a fool, but but deliver me. And he does. Praise God. Woo! Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord today for the word. Amen. We're going to use our faith. We have faith and our faith works. Because it's the faith of God. That's why it works. Amen. And Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we're, we're just praying right now for those watching on the Internet and in the congregation here. Anybody that needs healing, Lord, we thank you for your healing touch today. We thank you, Lord, that blind eyes are open, deaf ears are unstopped, lame legs are walking. In Jesus' name. If somebody's down, they're being lifted up in the name of Jesus. Those that have been diagnosed with any kind of disease, any kind of name, we say, bow your knee to the name of Jesus today. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power, for your wholeness. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Lord, those that have financial needs and, and material needs, we thank you that you show yourself strong this week in those areas of what they need. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Well, glory to God. Let's praise Him. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. All right, praise God. Let me pray a closing prayer here, and you can be dismissed. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for this day. Lord, uh, we, we pray for fathers who maybe their children aren't speaking to them, or there's a, there's a, there's a riff or a, a, a tear in the family. Lord, we pray for them. Lord, we just ask you to uh, to touch them and uh, th- these fathers. Lord, and let this be a day where children are touched and reach out to their families and reach out and uh, say, time to bury the hatchet. Let's move forward in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for these things. We ask you to be with each person that's here and watching on the Internet this week. Let this be a week of miracles. Let this be a week of restoration. Let this be a week of reform. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be dismissed. Have a day.